Hello, world, and welcome to another special Monday episode of the Hello World program. My name is Jason Hand, and I'm joined by my good friend, Anthony Bartolo. Hi, Anthony. How are you? Hey, Jason. All is good. How's things with you? Fantastic. I had a really great weekend. The The weather was beautiful. I spent some time out on the on the lake on my paddleboard doing my favorite thing. And uh, yeah, no complaints here. I'm feeling good. It's going to be a really awesome show today. We got some really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, how, how about you? How was your weekend? Great weekend, sunny, 36 degrees here in uh, Toronto. Did a lot of biking from uh, Hamilton to Niagara Falls, which is really cool. We get to do that stretch. Um, yeah, and like you said, there's a lot of news to talk about, and we're very excited for the show. It's been a while since we've been back. I know. We got to do a, a special episode following Microsoft Build. Uh, what was that, a week and a half or so ago? Uh, right. Fun, a little bit of a three-hour marathon for us, but it was so awesome to, to at least you know get back on here and do some stuff. But We've had a little bit of a break, which has been nice. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get right back at it. So should we talk a little bit about the news and the announcements that were made over the last week? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's recap a few things. I know you've got a few pointers you wanted to share with everybody. What do you got? So first up, the team is coming back into the hackathon mode and we'll be working with an organization called Second Harvest. Uh, Second Harvest is... A, goes around and collects food uh, from grocers and from restaurants before they expire. Uh, so they make sure that they get into the hands of those that need it most, uh, especially during the pandemic. It's been a, a big challenge in regards to the food banks having enough food. And so this organization captions this food before it expires, goes out and, and delivers the food as required, really helps out. So Microsoft is stepping up in the hackathon to work on their current activities and their current processes to see if we can provide a little bit more efficiencies in terms of the delivery process itself. Uh, also in the news, uh, the Azure Digital Twins Explorer has now been made available under public preview. This is an interesting one where you can actually now visualize your data source for all things in your virtualized uh, environment for Digital Twin. Those of you who do not know what Digital Twin is, you have your on-premises, uh, real-world environment capturing information, you know, relaying back that information uh, into the cloud, and then the secondary virtualized instance, which is our digital twin, twins the existing on-premises implementation in a virtualized sense so that you know you can develop upon or build efficiencies on. Now you'll actually, through the Explorer, have the ability to visualize all data context in respect to that as well. And then last but not least, in terms of news, we have the Azure Cost Management uh, solution that's incorporating the API functionality now. So now you can actually go through and track your API costs uh, in regards to an organization, ingesting information, displaying information through an API. Those costs can be granular down to the APIs that are being used amidst your organization out, outwardly, amidst your, uh, your audience or your customers, uh, having that availability to be granular to understand the cost of that API running to understand the ROI of that API running, uh, transposing information to uh, those that need it. Jason, what do you think? I love that. I feel like I've said it a hundred times, but um, cost is always a big factor when it comes to adoption with you know technology in general. But certainly the cloud, uh, it's a pretty you know real uh, concern to have when it comes to you know, am I spending too much? Do I have resources out there that I'm paying for that I didn't realize? So I love it when we have some new tools and and ideas around how we can manage those costs. Of course, the digital twins, every time I see a dem demo about the digital twins, it just kind of blows my mind. And so all the information that's come out from Microsoft build around that um, has been worthwhile, uh, you know, worth go checking out, I guess is what I should say. And then, of course, the second harvest thing is such a, you know, such a great uh, little project. So it's really cool to hear, you know, what's going on with that. 
Um, let's get uh, let's get everybody just a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be chatting about today. We've got some of our usual Monday cast back. We've also got a few minor changes that we should let everybody know about. We're going to be starting things off like we always do with learning a few ideas and tips and tricks around Microsoft Teams. We've got Caleb Brooks back with us. And from there, we're going to be uh, heading over and we've got a couple different people that, that are be stepping in with Microsoft Green uh, who are going to be sharing some really cool projects that are going on over there. Uh, then we're going to move over and uh, bring Christina Warren in, who's going to share with us uh, some different things that's going on with this week in Channel 9. So it's always fun to have Christina on the show and uh, to have her on Monday is really exciting. Uh, and then I can think from there, we, we move on and we have Diego, who's going to uh, wrap things up for us. So uh, am I forgetting anything? I think that's that's pretty pretty much everything we got oh, on the you got it all. today, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, with that, I guess, you know, maybe we can just go ahead and get things moving here. We'll, we'll save ourselves a little time at the end and uh, let's just get right to it and bring Kayla Brooks in here from Microsoft Teams. Hi, Kayla. How are you doing today? Hey, Jason. It's been a while. I'm super excited to be back. It has been a while. Uh, I'm really excited to have you back on here. I know you're always blowing my mind with something I didn't realize I could do with Microsoft Teams. So I'm really curious. What do you got for us today? Well, today we're going to do an oldie but goodie. Okay. So we talk a lot about meetings and chat and Teams in the past. But today we're going to be diving deep into something else that is productive to our Teams experience. We've touched on it a little bit before, but today we're going to go a little bit further into the search bar. Okay. So, Jason, let me ask you, what do you usually use the search bar for? Well, I usually use it to search for things. Uh, the search has become sort of an, uh, an extension of my brain to help me remember all these fragmented things that uh, I lose track of. But uh, I'm, I'm guessing you've got some other use cases for search. Absolutely. And that's a great start. Um, it can do a whole lot of things, but it's a very powerful feature feature because sure, I can type in your name to find you, but I can also type a name with filters and a variety of ways to look up other things. So, for example, I'll show you this video. Let's say uh, Pradeep asked me to review something and I can type in Pradeep's name, but from there I can actually see all of the search results. And so I can filter by whether or not Pradeep was talking in a chat or a channel, um, which will narrow the results further. And then let's say I remember he at mentioned me, so I can filter on that too. And then all the results are narrowed down by the channel post that at mentioned me and it'll take me right to it when I click on it, which is super great. Um, and not only can you do that in the search bar, you can actually filter search on your activity feed as well. So you can type in keywords, you can filter by unread, at mentions and all that good stuff. So no longer do I have to scroll through the entire search results to find what I'm looking for. I can increase my productivity by using advanced filtering in the search and activity feed. Wow, this is pretty great. Uh, I mean, you know, anybody who has just a couple of uh, calls or meetings throughout the day mixed in with maybe a half a dozen different conversations and chat, you know, chat uh, conversations that are happening with your team. Uh, this really helps because I, I have to admit it is it is really easy for me to lose where these conversations took place. Maybe somebody shared a link, maybe somebody mentioned something or, or called somebody out. So this is all super helpful. What other things you got for us? Um, so like you said, it's really difficult to keep track of all the things you're working on, especially with all the people. So I'll show you another video. Let's say you want to see the activity from a specific person. 
you can go to your one-on-one -on -one chat with them, actually. So it's the next video. I think we just saw this one. Um, but on the next video, you'll see that when you go to a one-on-one -on -one chat with someone, um, you will be able to see uh, the activity in that chat. So you can click on it, same place where you click on files, and you'll be able to see a list of all the recent conversation where the person you're chatting with has participated in that you're also a part of. So maybe I was in a team meeting with Christine and she said, I posted an article this morning, one of our team sites, but she can't remember which one. I can go to this activity, which is kind of like a little timeline of the things that she's involved in, that I'm involved in too. And I can see it there and I can go right to it. Um, it's helpful for working with your team, working with your manager and all of that good stuff. Um, but also, while we're talking about things you can do with your teammates, um, do you ever find yourself unable to find group chats that you've had with your teammates? Yes. In fact, I would say that's probably one of my uh, biggest pain points is I get pulled into a lot of different group chats and some of them are the same people in different chats. And it's just uh, oftentimes easy for me to lose track of where we were talking about something. Exactly. Um, it happens to me too. And so a great tip is to name your group chats. So in the next video, like you're saying, you'll be able to see group chats can easily get lost. Um, so what you can do is you can actually go to the group chat that you have with someone and click on the name. Um, the next video is, and you'll be able to filter those search results a little bit easier um, so that you can actually just search the name of what you're talking about versus having to search everyone's individual name, which is super easy. Um, and again, it helps with the search experience. Totally. Yeah, that definitely can save the day for so many reasons. So, well, Kayla, I appreciate all the all the ideas and the, the things that you're sharing with us uh, around Teams, tips and tricks. As, as always, you're, you're blowing my mind. So thank you for joining us again on this Monday. And uh, let's bring Anthony back. Anthony, did you learn something you didn't know about Teams like I did? You know, Search Bar for me has always been a, a lifesaver in regards to, you know, just finding out conversations that I was mentioned in or, you know, action items I have to, I have to jump in. So Always love the segment with Kayla uh, in terms of Teams tips and tricks, which is really cool. Uh, next up in terms of tips and tricks and how to do better around the earth, uh, we have Jen Looper. Uh, she'll be sitting down with Microsoft Student Ambassador Rashid to talk about the Greenathon Blogging Challenge. Hey, Jen. Hi, Hi how are you? <laughs> Good yourself. Good. So um, first of all, I want to just show something very sad. You can see my very beautiful plants, but um, we have a situation here that I think Rashid um, might be able to help us with. So he's, um, I'd love for you to meet um, a wonderful student ambassador who's Rishit, and he is coming to us from India. Um, I'm on the Next Generation team, and we have right here someone literally in the Next Generation. So Rishit, do you want to just introduce yourself? Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Um, hi, as Jen mentioned, I'm Rishit, a Microsoft Learn student ambassador from India. I'm a high school student, and I'm also a TEDx and a two-time TEDx speaker. And a part of this, I love hackathons and competitions. 
That's wonderful. I'm so grateful that you're here today to talk about something that you built um, within the ambassador leagues. So I just should mention, we have the student ambassador program and in that program, we have the concept of leagues. So there's sort of like birds of a feather moments where students can kind of find their passion. There are six technical leagues like web and mobile, um, containers, this sort of thing. And then we have four social leagues and the green league is one of our four social leagues. And within the green league, which I'm helping to manage, we have had a Greenathon, which is a sort of a blogging challenge. And folks can come and create an application collaboratively with their student friends and then blog about it on Microsoft properties. So Risha, do you want to talk a little bit about the blog that you helped write? Sure thing. Uh, maybe you could bring my screen up. Uh, so this is the blog. So as I mentioned, uh, this is majorly a blogging channel. So we also have a blog up on the uh, Green Tech blog. You could give it a read. Uh, so uh, the project we built is called Plant AI, and it helps you. It helps crop growers uh, to essentially identify uh, diseases in their plants uh, using machine learning. And one of the major reasons our team built this uh, was I come from India, and just another day, just another morning, I was reading an e-newspaper, and I quote the exact headlines I read. A farmer couple commit suicide after killing three-year-old daughter, and that made my heart skip a beat. After so many technical advancements, uh, suicides due to lack of yields still happening. So I thought to build something which could help crop growers. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you want to maybe show us a little demo? Um, I don't think you can take a picture of my unfortunate plant, but maybe you've got some other <laughs> other images we could try. <laughs> Sure. Uh, let me show you a demo of how this works. So, uh, so as I said, we try to identify diseases from plant images, and also provide crop growers with actionable uh, actionable guidelines they could use to fix the disease. So, let's see this live in action. Uh, this is the deployed website, and um, I know that there exists a disease called cedar apple rust. I did some research while building this project. So I'll just Google search cedar apple rust. Uh, let's see some images. Uh, this image looks like a good one. I'll quickly download this image, just some random uh, image of the internet. And this is a real life image, right? So I, I have just downloaded this image. Let's put this in our website. And oh, it was super fast at running machine learning. And now it tells me, uh, I think maybe, uh, um, Machine learning is a lot based on probability. Sometimes it fails. Let's try this. Uh, let's try this image. Here we have it. Uh, uh, oh well. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll just uh, just another day in machine learning uh, based on probabilities. But this is uh, pretty much uh, how how the uh, project is supposed to work, and it works really well on a couple of real life images. I can tell how speedy it is because obviously you've got your machine learning model running within the web application, right? Do you want to talk about the architecture that you chose for a few minutes? Uh, sure. So uh, we built we built the model with TensorFlow, and uh, we used uh, we used TensorFlow JS to run our model on the website and build the web app with React. So I think this is just another case of where collaboration works. I had never used React earlier, but 
I collaborated with a fellow Microsoft Learn student ambassador and tried React out for the first time. I usually work with machine learning, tried React out for the first time. And then we use Azure static web apps uh, to, host our, uh, to host our web app and just do it uh, in a managed and easy way. It's a wonderful example of a cross-team collaboration where everybody learned something and you made the world a little bit better. So thank you so much for this amazing project. And um, I guess I'll turn it back to Jason and, um, and Anthony. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. And thank you, Rashid. That's a pretty awesome project you got there. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how that grows. Uh, but now let's move on. We got uh, Anthony, we're going to mix things up a little bit here. We got Christina Warrens, who's going to be joining us today to chat about what's going on this week in Channel 9. Christina from the OC, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Yes, I am from the OC. I'm actually in Juliet Friedman, a, a, a Hello World producer's house. So this is why my setup looks amazing. I'm also wearing a very cool classic vintage blockbuster video shirt because it is always the 90s and early 2000s in my life. But enough of all that. Let's get into this week on Channel 9 and let's get into some of our first big developer news. So first things first, I know that Microsoft Build just ended, we are, but we are still deep into developer season and developer event season. And we've got another big event coming up in just a couple of weeks. On June 24th, there's going to be a big Windows event all about the future of Windows. If you use Windows, if uh, you develop for Windows, you definitely want to check this out. So we've got links and more information in the show notes in the description, but you can sign up to be notified when this event takes place. It's going to be 11 a.m. or uh, Eastern on June 24th, kicking things off. Great stuff. Next up, let me get my slides. Here we go. All right. Next up, this is the, I'm going to go through some things. Some of these things were announced a couple of weeks ago at Microsoft Build, but I wanted to give just kind of a, an, another shout out to them because they were so cool. So first things up, uh, Windows Terminal version 1.9 is out now, and it includes one of my most favorite features, which is Quake mode. And Quake mode means that um, you can basically have um, your terminal docked at the top of your screen at all times and just invoke um, uh, some key commands to bring it up. So you can bring up the terminal in whatever app you're in, it'll drop down on the top of the screen, go away when you don't need it anymore. It's awesome. There are a bunch of other really good features too, but I had to give a shout out to Quake Mode because it's great. Next up, the Windows Package Manager version 1.0 is now out. So this is WinGet, which is a way for you to easily install and manage your packages um, directly from the command line. So you can install things from the uh, Windows Store. You can also install things um, other packages, just like any other package system, it's great. There's also some new features about having private repositories and creating manifests. So this is a lot more robust. This debuted at uh, Microsoft Build 2020 and a year later, version 1.0, really good stuff. More links in the show notes in the description down below on that too. Next up, uh, TypeScript 4.3 is now officially out. And um, this added some, some new features um, for uh, the way that I, I think like um, some inherent types happen. Um, there are some other features that I'm not completely up to date on, but TypeScript 4.3, it's been in preview for a little bit. It's out now. Good stuff. Be sure to check that out. And um, I also wanted to give a shout out. This is another new feature. And we talked about this a little bit a few weeks back. Um, so um, one of my favorite features in Windows is the Windows Subsystem for Linux or WSL. And Slowly over the last year or so, the team has been working about bringing in graphical support to WSL. And this actually hit preview graphic support, meaning you could run your full GUI apps from the Linux side, or you could use your GPU 
in applications like uh, CUDA, if you're, if you're doing a lot of AI machine learning stuff um, and you want to use Linux tooling, but you want to use like your big powerful, you know, 3080 or whatever, if you're lucky enough to have one of those or, or 3080 Ti, that's what you're wanting to do. Um, but, but you don't want to like, you want to be able to use those graphics um, uh, apps using the, the um, Linux tooling. So this is now available to everyone, and um, it's uh, it's pretty great. The the GUI stuff on the Linux side works pretty well. So if you had an IDE that you like to use, or if there was a certain application that you want to use, you don't have to do what you had to do before. There were some sort of hacks where you need to install various X servers and and run stuff. Now it'll work just as you would expect, and uh, the the AI and the ML stuff is available too. So this is known as WSLG. We've got links in the show notes in the description. They're adding stuff and, and taking feedback um, all the time. And it's also working uh, with a lot of different uh, um, uh, distributions of Linux. So it works with Kali Linux, OpenSUSE, Debian, and of course Ubuntu. So really great stuff there. All right, now it is uh, one other thing I wanna note out. Um, this is a great app, Notepad++, uh, which is a free and open source uh, text editor that if you are a Windows user, um, it's you know really great. I, I love VS Code, but, but there's something really great about Notepad++. Uh, version eight is out now. It has a dark mode. It also adds some new autocomplete stuff. Um, there are some other really cool new features of the um, uh, Fluent design um, icons are now part of it. So uh, you can make it look more like um, another modern Windows app. Um, there's also ARM64 builds, which is really great because uh, if you are wanting to get in on that ARM life, that's available. And now it is time for my pick of the week. So. I don't know about you guys, but I used to have like a Nokia phone and the way that you would type things back in like the 2000s is you would use T9 and you would have to tap like four numbers all the time to type things out. Pretty annoying to be honest, but a guy on Hackaday created his own T9 keyboard. It uses a Raspberry Pi. It uses, I think, Pi objects. Um, it, it, it's pretty great where he created his own predictive text keyboard. He's got a project you can build it yourself. Again, I don't think I would ever do this, but I think it's great that someone else did. So we've got links in the show notes in the description where you can get more information about this project. And I think it's pretty great. All right, so back to you, Jason and Anthony. Great, thank you so much, Christina. It's good to see you again. And thank you for all the tips. Anthony, do you still have Nokia phones <laughs> in a drawer somewhere that we can-, we can No, but- I was able to find this flip phone that actually ran Windows Mobile. And uh, imagine navigating on this uh, with that type of keyboard. Let's jump into Diego's wall and let's see what inspiration Diego has for us today. Um, Diego, what are you going to share with us today? Hello, Anthony. Hello, Jason. And hello, world. Yes, I'm here in Seattle, Microsoft headquarters, surrounded by these colorful walls. Today, I'm going to show you the most colorful post of all, and it's right here. It's something that I've had on the walls for about four years, and it's that thing you see there. It, that piece of art is so colorful that the camera has problem getting into focus. You can see there's a lot of stuff going there. The reason I want to talk about that one is because we're seeing so much tech booming going on. We have like now multiple trillion dollar tech companies like Microsoft, cryptocurrency, so the craze, we have colonizing Mars, we're talking about all these different things. And the question is like, are we just getting started or is the market pretty saturated with these things? And I wanna show you 
that the power of the internet is so great that we're just getting started. And I want to use that art to illustrate it. So it all starts here. This is a book called Sapiens. You can buy it. It's uh, by Yuval Harari. And this is actually the graphic version. I like to I like to see cartoons instead of just reading the book. And, you know, in this book, it talks about how we humans, homo sapiens, we are part of the biosphere. We are just one more animal of many. We are not above the biosphere. We're just part of it. But there are a few things that makes us different. One of them is our ability to collaborate at a large scale with strangers. Animals can collaborate at a medium scale, but only with other animals they trust, like in tribes or groups of animals. Or they can collaborate with strangers one-on-one -on -one when they encounter another animal. But we humans can collaborate at scale with strangers. And, and the internet is enabling that more and more and more. So that art is an experiment that reddit.com did four years ago. So if we put the video on the screen, what Reddit did was they created a blank canvas and they invited their millions of users to add pixels of any colors they wanted, 16 different colors. The only catch there was only one rule, and that is that every user needs to spend, needs to wait a couple of minutes before placing the next pixel. So you can you can choose one pixel, wait a couple of minutes, and another pixel. And what happened on the, for the next three days is legendary. And you can search on the web uh, the article when pixels collide, and it tells the whole story because during those three days there were epic stories of friendships and dramas and and wars. There were people who were the creators. They started to, through forums, they started to create things. But then there were people that started to destroy things. You can see in the corner over there, there's a blue that starts to grow. Those are the blue people that wanted to destroy everything, make it a blue screen, you know. And then there were people who hadn't, they did not know what to create, but they wanted to protect the creator of, of other people. So you can look at the story online when pixels collide, but that thing has so many things and it just goes to show what we can all do millions of people collaborated collaborating anonymously with strangers isn't this amazing anthony oh 100 the amount of collaboration that's required to create those images like we're you know there's country flags which are there i saw canada us uh sweden uh, but to see the artwork so i saw the mona lisa and i saw the other pieces of artwork and if you're only able to post one pixel at a time to do so and to do it coherently uh to actually see the images that's that's phenomenal that is the power of the internet and collaboration at high scale now just a few learnings first of all every pixel counts this, this is the story about life we every day we have our one pixel we go put it we make progress when we talk about recycling, global warming, every pixel counts. But if you do not team up with others, you cannot create anything. You cannot have a big impact alone. If you random pixel, no, you have to team up with others. And, and this brought the best of, and the worst. It was the worst because, as you can see, there were fights of nations about which flag goes where, and there were fights of brands, and there was... It was very interesting, but in the end, like this was this beautiful, beautiful entropic collage that it's on my wall. So what I want to leave the audience with is ask you, are you a creator? <laughs> if you don't know what to create, are you protecting the other's creations or are you a destroyer? Do not be a destroyer. And um, what would you add? What would you add to the, to the canvas? In other words, what do you stand for? 
What do you stand what do you, for? And then Timam what do you bring to the table? I have more for you next time. Perfect, Diego. Thank you very much. You know, always inspiring to have uh, Diego's uh, segment. It's what you bring to the table that counts, right, Jason? Absolutely. And and I love, you know, little projects like that just kind of show the emergent properties of complex systems, which is really the humans, you know, and, and how we, right. we all bring our little our little bits, our little pixels to the to the greater picture. And whether that's adding to it or, or modifying it or changing it, it's always changing. Um, and I, you know, I think that's a, a really great project. We had so many awesome things going on today. Uh, really love today's show. Um, felt good. So um, maybe like in just the minute and a half or so that we've got left, we'll one by one just bring everybody back in to say uh, hello and goodbye. We've got Kayla uh, and Jen and Rashid. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Kayla, is there any any last words of wisdom or call to action, anything you want to share with the audience? Uh, definitely make sure that you check out all the search tips on the Microsoft Docs page. All right. Thank you so much. And Rashid, thank you for your project. That looks amazing. I can't wait to see how that turns out. Is there any other uh, things you'd want to share with the audience? Uh, maybe you could take a look at the project's GitHub repository. Did I see the project was open source? Everything is open source about the project. Great. Awesome. And if we don't, if we don't have them in there yet, we'll make sure we get our show notes updated today. So check out aka.ms slash hello world. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we'll be talking about, you'll find in there uh, either immediately after the show or at some time very soon. And then, of course, uh, we've got Christina, who's joining us. I think Christina's joining us. Hi. Hey. <laughs> well, our good friend and producer, uh, Juliet. Thank you yes. for both of, both of your efforts for today. And then uh, last but not least, Diego. Awesome, awesome segment. Loved loved that little uh, Every project. Pixel counts. Every pixel counts. Just choose your color wisely. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye for us. So thank you so much. Been another good episode of Hello World here on Learn TV. Give us your feedback, uh, aka.ms slash hello world, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.